Hello, all you hustling boss babes. You're listening to episode number six of the Not Wonder Woman podcast, pregame preparations to land your dream job. Welcome to the Not Wonder Woman podcast. No capes, no superpowers, just hustle. Not Wonder Woman removes the myth of the ladies who, quote, have it all and gives practical insight to help you, the working woman, conquer the world like the boss babes we know you are. Hi, guys. It's Kieran. I'm here with Mel and welcome to the Not Wonder Woman podcast. This week, we are kicking off our Landing Your Dream Job series. And we're actually talking about pre-game preparation for your best interview. Um, Really important topic. I'll be honest, I don't exactly know how many are going to be in this series because as we're breaking it down, there are lots of different things. So we're going to try and be as concise as possible, give you as much information as possible. And yeah, I just think that there's a lot to cover in this topic. I do. And I'm super excited because frankly, that is always what we're looking for is our dream job. I don't think anyone wants to go to a job they're not loving every day. So Mm -hmm. um, helping people to find that dream job and and telling folks what has worked for us over the years and maybe our epic fails every every once in a while is is a a great way to go through. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm with you on that. Absolutely. What have you been doing this week, Mel? What have I been doing this week? You know, I had my best friend in town last week Lovely. and you guys might have heard yes. the podcast that we did. She is an ER nurse, nurse practitioner, and she was helping us with this month's main topic, Stress Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. And she was giving us some great tips in order to reduce stress, but then also some really topical tips about how to reduce stress in your kids and your spouses uh, Mm -hmm. also. And I just thought that was really fun to have her here. She's always a stress reducer for me because she's like my most calm friend. Oh, And also not a a lawyer, which is so fun. Sometimes you just got to socialize with people who who are just really unlike you just to have some just to have some of their qualities like rub off on you by osmosis, like just make me more calm. (laughs) That's right. No, and she totally she totally does that. And what about you? You've been traveling, right? Yeah. So it's still the Easter holidays. Um and myself, my husband and Pops went to Copenhagen for a few days. Um we haven't been before and actually it was really nice. It was a really nice trip. Um we hired some bikes, we went to um I think I'm pronouncing this correctly, Tivoli Gardens, which is like their amusement sort of park in the middle of the city, which is unheard of, actually, I think, in terms of a city break. But yeah, it was really nice. It was a really nice change of scenery. So just got back, still feeling a bit tired from all the traveling. But is Copenhagen, tell me the weather there. Is that similar to London or you got some? Well, I got some vitamin D because there was no like fog like there was in London. So as we took off and went over the cloud, I was like, oh, it's sunny up here. It was really, it was nice. Just, it was still a bit windy because a lot of it is on the, like, you know, on water in in Copenhagen, but it was lovely and sunny and it did feel remarkably warmer. But yeah, it's still sort of like jacket kind of weather. Um, So I didn't get tan or anything, but I did get some nice sunshine. So... This week, 
Mm-hmm. We're starting the series about how to land a dream job. Yes. Let's get folks there. I love that. What is what is your dream job? What, what does it look like? Because no. some people, if they're in a job they don't like, or if they're looking for a job, they don't necessarily know exactly all of the things that go together to making the dream job. So I would just take a minute and forget about what your friends are doing, what the industry is doing, what you think you should be doing, and think about what's important to you and actually put together a list of things that are important to you and make up that dream job. And I would just be as specific as you can, you know, salary, title, where, how you're getting there, um, who the kind of people that you're working with, what kind of things that you're doing, and just, you know, if you can if you can get really specific, then you can start looking for something that that matches up um I I think everybody sort of does that subconsciously but I'm just saying you know don't 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 forget that that step yeah no no, it's a great point and I probably should have remembered remembered it since I had a blog post called three practices that'll guarantee you'll land your dream job last week Ah. so (laughs) so and it talked exactly about that on my website I didn't steal that point from your blog post at all no no (laughs) But what's sad is I couldn't remember it. That tells you how little sleep we get, right? Oh, tell me about (laughs) it. That we're out and about all the time. But, you know, that's those are some great points. And, um, you know, one of the things I like to tell folks when they're thinking about what their dream job is, you know, everyone wants a big title, big salary, all those things, but then also be realistic about the downsides of your, of what you're trying to achieve. I, Mm -hmm. I, I feel like sometimes we just don't look at the positive and negative sides we only think of the upside and I think if you can't live with the downsides that's not your dream job just know what those downsides are do some practical research with people that can tell you what it took to get where they are in the job that you're looking you're looking for Mm -hmm. and and be realistic about those requirements I think we all could say it's going to be you know the CEO of a big famous widget company whatever Mm -hmm. that is yeah but you know, what does it take to get there? And are you willing to do that? It may not work for your family at the time, those kind of things that are, mm-hmm. I think, really important. The other point was the qualifications. And this kind of goes a little deeper instead of just understanding how much time it may take to go back to school mm-hmm. or how much money it'll take to go get a get a degree or what I need. And just being in that mindset to say, I'm ready to take that on because I really want this job. There's a lot to be said about um, if you're thinking of changing career or start, you know, on, on a path um, that leads to the dream job is paying your dues. How do, do you guys? Oh, right. You know, I I remember yes. when I was fresh out of uni, do, like in my first law firm and we were sort of, we were doing the grunt work, which is I say to everybody, I was getting a tan off of the photocopier. Copier. I was just photocopying. I I could pretty much be a photocopier engineer by the end of it because I could fix it when it broke. <laughs> I could I could make it do all of these things because I just you know you you're given one thing and it's you 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 need to sort of put your all into it. So you may be starting from the bottom and the amount of things that you can learn being at the bottom, sort of having to photocopy all of those pieces of paper you can read while you're doing it you can you know all of those things don't you need to also prepare yourself to maybe be doing and I, you know you and I probably speak to law but I have no doubt that is in every industry I know it's certainly Definitely. true of 
even in nonprofits that I've been of, you know, mm-hmm. if you're a new person in the nonprofit, you kind of have to prove your worth and, you, you know, do. help yeah. them, you know, d- help them with the, exactly that, the grunt work, take out the trash every once in a while. Yeah. Just kinda it feels like a lot of committed. work, doesn't it? It feels like a lot of work because, yeah. and it feels like hard work because you don't know everything that everybody's saying to you. So it can feel a lot more tiring. And I think once you've, once you get it and you start sort of moving up, it becomes more easier. It almost feels like the more seen you, you get, the less work perhaps you're doing but I think that's because you've got the knowledge it's not such a steep learning curve you've done the steep bit but if you're doing anything different or you're going into a new company there's always a steep learning curve so again it's just one of those are you are you set up for a steep learning curve are you like mentally prepared for changing something or you know is your life set up for a big change because changing your job is a is a big deal it it, yeah throws up a lot of stuff so firstly knowing what you're going for and are you ready for the change so yeah you you spoke about cv prep that's definitely one of the things i do first is it something yeah dust it off and or or create one to begin with (laughs) especially if you're switching (laughs) if you're switching industries altogether you're really gonna have to maybe start from scratch uh or if you've never had a job before you know i i know first resumes could be totally daunting i you know i i definitely make sure that my resume is tailored with the most up-to-date information. So keeping it up-to-date and current with all the things I've done, but then try to think strategically about how the things that I've done would be helpful. I'll say this, when I was moving from in-house, excuse me, law firm job to in-house role, that's a very different skill set than it takes to be a lawyer at a law firm. And so I was intentional about trying to apply the skill sets that I had developed at a law firm and and say how those will be relevant to my management skills that would then be relevant in the in-house job that I was applying. And so that analysis of your own resume, even if it is you're starting out, you take the volunteer work done, you know, mm-hmm. whether it is you're, you're committed to working long hours because you, you can show an example of how you've done that or that you're really organized because you did a fundraiser for somebody. I mean, even if you're taking this off work things because mm-hmm. you have no work experience, I think you can translate everything into some practical skills that'll be applicable to your dream job. And if you've done the research, you'll know what those relevant skills are. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree with you. I, I tend to call those, or when I'm speaking to people, I just say what you you everybody has infinitely transferable skills things that will transfer regardless of what industry they're in what role you're doing pick out those things managing people or working with people working on your own those things I think are relevant to every job nowadays I just think going through the skills that you have whether whether they're from a job or from just being at uni or being or you know being in education or or you know whatever else it is and just teasing out those skills that you can apply to any job is going forwards is what I tend to do and I I I usually I think I start with those I am the CV person are you the CV person for your friends do they come to you with the CV I used to be in the hiring group at Mm -hmm. my law firm and I did hiring at a couple of my former jobs too and I also did worked in admissions in my uni time, even though we don't call it uni here. I love that. You know, you're looking at lots of ways and and being able 
to parse out what is somebody who is somebody, excuse me, that you want to bring in mm-hmm. um, that skill set. My friends, I think, have taken me up on that sometimes. And yeah, and, yeah. and since it, you know, I, I think about it, and it was such a valuable experience just to be help with admissions because then you kind of learned what was relevant and what popped out. My attention span is shorter, so getting these major skill sets that is what everybody wants to see in yeah. any job at the top, I think is, is critical mm-hmm. because I always knew when I was looking at somebody to potentially call into an interview, you look three seconds, I think is what they kind of the stats say is how long oh, I really? take a look at that before I make a quick yeah. decision about whether or not you're somebody I really want to talk to. To me, I want to see the things that is the person I can work with. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is I, teach somebody a skill if you need it for a job, but you can't teach somebody how to be a nice person. It's really hard to teach somebody how to manage people. Mm -hmm. So those things being at the top and being highlighted, I think are really important. Yeah, no, I agree. I I didn't know that it was three seconds. So I'm in a hiring role and I assist other teams when they're hiring. Yeah, it's definitely a short amount of time that you spend looking at a CV and you do want those key pieces of information. Do you tend to tailor your CV for a specific role? I have a standard resume if I'm applying, for example, a a general type of job. So Mm -hmm. when I was applying to move from my last job to my current job, I was applying mostly in-house legal positions. Mm -hmm. So in companies, so I had a general one, but then it would depend on what type of industry I was going for, I would highlight the experience in the industry that I might have. Mm -hmm. And so that would certainly be something I would tailor to them. The other thing I do do when I when I am really getting my resume ready and re- about to send it out is I make sure my social channels look similar too. I don't want my, for example, LinkedIn profile to be so drastically different than my resume because I think they'll think, oh, she's oh, a schizophrenic right. or something right. like that. Yeah. And yeah. so so I do try to make when when you said change and, and edit, I do try to make sure whatever my professional profile is on LinkedIn also matches mm-hmm. what is in my resume at the you know at the time when I'm trying to push that yep. out. So mm-hmm. I think it's an update of um, and and that's true across social channels to me. What LinkedIn may not be your only really public professional social channel. There may be others that you, so so those things to me are all things that you need to start with the update on uh, when you're thinking about it all together. But then if you are tailoring each one, think about updating all of those. So they all are consistent because inevitably that's the next place people will look for you before they ever call you is is your social media and and the like. What about you? I have always wondered how, if I was looking for another, another role, how I would do the social media I think I would leave I don't know maybe I would leave the blogging stuff out and just do my professional I actually haven't thought about it I need to think about that a bit more yeah. but in terms of <laughs> LinkedIn I'm also on BB which is another oh, okay. professional um, so, um, social media network I, I will admit that I don't know exactly how it works I just thought oh it's another professional um, you know, social media network, I should probably be on it. And I have a profile and that's about it. So I need to spend some more time on that. But I am a fan of tailoring the CV, because I think past a certain point, your CV is your CV, your, your experience is your experience. Um, so then it's just, what is this role looking for? The same as you, I always make sure that my CV and my LinkedIn match, because I almost use my LinkedIn as a, a CV online. With less Absolutely. detail. And I, you know, I will say that's probably actually the first place I update is actually my LinkedIn profile. I, I just thought of the movie Legally Blonde yep. as well. We're both lawyers. Did mm-hmm. you see that movie? Yes. <laughs> and I just think, okay, so have you ever gotten a pink a scented pink. resume? <laughs> no, I haven't. Thank goodness. <laughs> what do you, what do you think about that? You know, cause I've seen 
people nowadays have like their picture on their resume. I was just about to ask you that. The link, the yeah. length of the resume. What do you? Th- I, it, it is a brave new world to me. I have never put my own picture, but I know. Know, for example, I saw my sister's resume and looked at hers, and she had her picture on there, and it looked nice. It looked good, but I don't. It was. Just, I just had never thought about putting my face on my right. resume. That no, I, was out I don't think I one. would send my CV, my my CV with my photo. I know it's quite common in retail. When I was working in retail, mm-hmm. when I was in college and then uni, I haven't done it, and I actually I don't know how ethical it is. In my opinion, I just I just think, why do you need to see my face? Just decide whether or not I'm the right person. I probably should put my photo because when I show up to interviews, people are very surprised that I am a woman because of the name. You and me both. Yeah. Yep. So they're like, oh, <laughs> we, get, we, we were expecting. We were expecting a guy. I'm like, oh, you got me. <laughs> but yeah. So um, maybe I, I might. You know, would you put your photo on your seat i don't think i would put it on mine also because they typically don't expect a, a woman when i show up either which mm-hmm. i kind of i kind of like that but but the other thing that jogged my memory when you said that google yourself Self, yeah. and figure out if there's any negative commentary about anything you've done anywhere you know and just try to get that cleaned up i mm-hmm. you know i hadn't thought about that because i haven't looked for a job either for a while so my husband and i when we first met we both googled each other and you know, if he would have had weird things come up, come and he's up. a lawyer too, but if he would have had weird things come up, of course, you think about that. And I'm sure that's probably the first, at least background check that a company might do mm-hmm. um, for you. So make sure that that is clean too. So not just what you control in your social channels, but what is Google saying about you? Yeah. So in terms of like looking for jobs to apply to, so you've, you've dusted off your CV, you've put your best foot forward. Where are you going? You go to who you know. And that's mm-hmm. a couple of places. One, your friend set. I, I, I certainly believe if, you, if you're if you in a position where you can feel very confident in telling people you are looking for a job, especially if it's your first job or, um, you know, you got laid off and you've got this interim time to think about it and you're, you know, mm-hmm. getting it together. So if you can tell people, tell your friends and tell, tell your resources that you know that you're looking and that you're open. Mm-hmm. I, I just think being honest about that. And then the next pla- place that I typically try to go is my alumni associations mm-hmm. and seeing if those groups, whether that's at my law school, my MBA program, or my undergraduate have relationships or have alumni in the types of fields I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Often um, a university will have a listing of alumni and in the types of jobs they're in. And right. so that's what you may want to be asking for as opposed to like, are they hiring? Just try to find who that human is, and if you have a link to them in some way, shape, or form, I think that's that's been really helpful to me to try to go back. And then, of course, my past, my personal networks. Those mm-hmm. people really have been, at the end of the day, the people how I've gotten every job I've ever had has really been through some sort of relationship, so, except yeah. for my first law job, which was in from law school into a law firm, and I didn't mm-hmm. know anybody, but my charming personality won them over. I'm sure. Well done. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well done. I <laughs> no, use my but, network. Uh, I'm gonna. What, I'll be honest. I yeah. use my network <laughs> for my first yeah. job out Is of that, uni. That's just. That's the key. And being somebody that people generally like and want to help, it's why kind of networking is so important. Yeah. No I matter agree. what what stage of the game you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do yeah. you got? Would you I, typically go to a recruiter? I got to think about that. Have I ever, so my first law job, you know, I count my law jobs basically as my real jobs. The other jobs I had were basically kind of in retail or restaurant type stuff, you Mm -hmm. know, that, that, so on on the um, way to the dream job. 
Yes, on the way to the dream job, which yeah. actually you learn a ton of a ton of skills you waiting tables so that'll be valuable. Stuff. Yeah, for your whole definitely, life. definitely. I couldn't so, agree more. And tip tip your waiters and waitresses so much, please, because that's the hardest job I think ever that has ever existed. But anyway, um, you know, but but recruiters. So certainly, um, I've been approached by them. I think every one of my jobs, I've ended up getting, like I said, through relationship. It's not to say that I haven't used recruiters. That when I've been looking for people mm-hmm. we have used and outsourced to headhunters mm-hmm. um to get to get folks in the door especially more senior people who you really want to fit a certain niche mm-hmm. so i think finding right recruiter uh that knows the types of folks that you're kind of interested in i think is is key and they certainly have their finger on the pulse mm-hmm. if, if you're finding you have a job i think that is harder to find maybe 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 they don't always post things publicly a recruiter i think is the only way to go you know because yeah. they're just going to be the ones that know the industry what about mm-hmm. you have you ever used them or, or i've worked i've with them? i've worked with recruiters both to recruit and um, myself quite quite a bit recruiters will work with people from you know entry level all the way up to you know selective headhunting ceos like cfos that kind of thing so i find that if you can apply for a job online and it's actually going straight to a recruiter. It's not going to the brand. And that I'd mm. say that's for at least maybe 50, 60% of jobs are going to recruiters. It's quite a big like market here for, for roles that are, are going through recruiters in, in my experience. So I think in ter- if you are going to a, re- a recruiter, I would still treat it like a job interview. Still, right. if you're going to visit a, a, a recruiter if they've put an ad up for a job um they can move quite quickly so be ready to go quickly you know if and typically if you send your cv to a recruiter for a specific job and you don't hear back within two days the likelihood that you have been shortlisted for that job i would say is unlikely because they're moving mm-hmm. that quickly they may contact you about your cv and what you're looking for generally so because they want as many people as they can have on their on their books but um I think they can be quite a good source of roles I've certainly had some really interesting roles through recruiters but that is one that I would do so say you're getting your resume out there to that recruiter how do you go about telling that recruiter or even yourself which one of these jobs is the right ones I'm going to apply to I look at the role look at what you know what they're asking for if there's no salary I may try and find out that information um, I wouldn't I wouldn't typically ask the brand the, the company um, you know the salary bracket um, I would let that come out in an interview if when we got there I would ask a recruiter that question though um, because they certainly know <laughs> they certainly know what the salary right. bracket is right. and then I would maybe just read around and do some research about the company is this somewhat like yes they've got a role and do they want me but do I want the company as much as as people say this that you're interviewing the company and they're interviewing you but I really do think that people should give that a lot of their time in terms of is this somewhere I want to work I'm trading my valuable hours my life for this job do do I want to work here? What are the people like? And just try and do a bit of research. Do, is that typically something you do at this stage? Definitely. And, you know, I try to find out if whether, for example, in my LinkedIn or even my personal network, um, if they know anybody at that company. One, if they know the 
person I might be working for, but then also just, just in general, do they know other people that are there because mm-hmm. they'd be willing to tell you things about the company that you may never get in an interview out yeah. of them. Yeah. And so that kind of pre-research I think is really important. And also because I know, for example, in law firms, mm-hmm. they would put up for an interview their best coolest lawyers. That would be the ones who would go interview people or that are personable, outgoing. And the the lawyers that are like the trolls that they would hide in the back, they would never show you those in the interview. So you want to tease this out. Oh you are laughing, gosh, but you so know funny. exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I do. I do. I really do. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You'll meet those people once you're there and yeah. that like gets you in the door with the hook. So, mm-hmm. so just knowing that I think most any company probably sends their most personable people out to go be the ones that interview. Definitely. So you've got to do the pre-research beforehand to make They're sure one, that it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's yeah. definitely those members of staff that are at the open days, the open evenings, the recruitment fair, it's their you know their shiny thing there <laughs> let's get those members of staff who are you know they've got the personality usually extroverts they like talking to people let's send those people out to go and you know rally up some new you yep. know new recruits so yeah definitely do some more digging beyond either the first person you're speaking to or even the first person you're interviewing with but I definitely think that you can learn a lot from speaking to people that have worked there and you can see who's worked there when you go on LinkedIn it's really easy is this person a second or third right connection you know drop them a a message maybe and just say oh I'm thinking of applying for this role or or anything that you can tell me about working for this company just ask the question because there's there's actually no point in having a LinkedIn profile or having a a network if you're not going to use it you have to use it and I think that the way that you can do that is just be just just be friendly and open and honest Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and they're, you know, other people that currently work there, especially are certainly Mm -hmm. invested in the company being a good place. So they should want to answer you because they want to, they want to check you out as much as you want to check them out, especially if if they may be a role you might be supporting with every day. You know, the other, the other place besides LinkedIn, we had kind of talked about this, but there's Glassdoor out there too, which has some anonymous, I guess, reviews, but they're always vetted to make sure as I at least as I understand they're vetted to make sure they actually worked in that role and you, you know oh, so I you see. can kind of believe I did the things wonder. you're reading yeah, yeah yeah I did wonder how how yeah. because some of the reviews are sometimes they're frank they are really quite open they, and honest reviews and I would I don't know about you but I sort of take those with a pinch of salt just because I yeah. can't ask any questions I can't ask any questions I can't yeah I, yeah, yeah. You don't know how that ended, they, but then they, there are some really good. Fired. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. are some really good reviews on there as well. So I, I, I quite like Glassdoor. That's right. Yeah, and then you know, in the states, we have one above the law is another one that just kind of helps with law firms. If anybody listening is a lawyer in the states with us, mm-hmm. but that you know, those kind of industry rags are certainly out there. My last company, I went in, declared bankruptcy within a year and a half of me being there. Right. And so just understanding, looking at their publicly filed financial records, if uh, they're a publicly traded company, you know, yeah. those kind of things I think are important in addition to the culture and the fit and the, the humans. Mm-hmm. Look at the health of the company because you certainly don't want to make your first leap into your uh, dream job with a company that's fledgling yeah. and, and isn't going to be able to be in a sustainable industry, things like that. So I think that is the other background information I totally think are is Are they financially solvent? Yeah, there's always a risk that they may not be here in the next year. So just, I think, being mindful of that as well. You know, we've kind of told people, do your research, Mm -hmm. anything else, you know, after you're sending it out that you're doing and thinking about before you go into that very first interview. 
Not necessarily. I I think I I, we, I think I maybe just missed like speculative applications. Just just in terms of where wow. to look for those. You know, going to the going to the company directly oh, yeah. and just sending your CV with. I think if you're going to do that, you have to have a great cover letter you cannot just send your cv you have to get the cover letter and the introduction spot on keep it as concise as possible but that is also a really good way of doing that one for me in terms of where to look or or how to apply um is there anything else um we certainly have talked about LinkedIn in the past. And I think Mm -hmm. I would be remiss if I didn't say it here again, that, you know, LinkedIn and places like Indeed are great places to find jobs. Mm -hmm. Also the openings, as I go back to this, um, going back to your alumni associations Mm -hmm. will also often have alumni job board postings. Mm -hmm. And because you already have a relationship with that university and likely the person that's hiring is from that university, to me, those have been a really great way to to get your resume out there with maybe a more friendly face because Mm -hmm. they went to your same university and they're happy to help a fellow alumni. So just don't for don't, you know, we we get so bogged down, I think nowadays in the LinkedIn or the Indeed or these big glass doors and all these big sites that maybe we don't always go back to our our smaller network. Mm -hmm in our local community and thinking about things like, and also telling your alumni relations people or, um, or career services people you're looking. Yeah. No, you know, no, th- they're, they're also they're They have their finger on the pulse of that. And mm-hmm. no matter where they are, because inevitably any university will likely have alumni all over the place. I bet mm-hmm. alumni from your university live here with me in Houston. That's definitely, I think, the network as well, going out to your network. And when I say your network, it's people that you may have worked with, people that you're currently working with, people that have left working with you, people like friends and family. So you can say to them quite confidently, I'm looking for a new job. This is what I'm looking for. If you hear of anything, can you just let me know? And somebody may say, actually, I was speaking to so-and-so who is looking for that. Can you send me your CV? I think it's it's under right. underused, in my opinion. And then we definitely need to hear from our listeners what, you know, where they're finding jobs, what are places we might have missed that that mm. they know of, because we would love to hear that. And let's give a resource to all the other hustle and boss babes out there that need to hear that. Yeah, yeah, I would be keen to hear from people about how they got their job or what, you know, if there are any trends in recruitment um, that we should know about and we could share with people. But the number one thing about job search is to stay motivated. You are not going to get the first job that you apply to. You may not hear anything from anybody for a little while. So it's it's definitely one you have to keep going with it's it yeah, the persistence pays off and you'll feel more confident once you once you've spoken to people or got some feedback but yeah it's um it's a long game isn't it landing your dream job it does is. not happen overnight you've got to kiss some frogs you've got to kiss some frogs you've got to do some of those <laughs> jobs that aren't like fantastic to get there but you will get there that's if right you keep going. that's right It's time for the Fast Five. No planning, five questions, real answers. Are you staying on topic again? I'll, I'll go. I'll be random for you. Yeah, let's go random. I really love random. Oh, I did write some good ones. I hope you're oh, ready. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we're going to do the Fast Five and I'm going first this week. Are you ready, Mel? I am ready as I'll ever be. Oh, yes. Right. Totally random <laughs> in typical Kieran fashion. First question, what is your favorite alcoholic drink? I have to say red wine. But then if it's real, like 
harder liquors, it'll be a vodka and soda. I really only am allowed to drink vodka. That's it. I can't drink. I can't drink gin. It makes me crazy. And I can't drink colored liquor. Like I can't drink a whiskey or a, cause I'll be done in five minutes or less. Like I so don't what know what soda? it is. What vodka. soda? Vodka and soda. What, what is the soda? Oh, soda water is just uh, oh, soda water. Like, water. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like sparkling water. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. It. And not fun. It's not fun at all. I Do know you have a, a drink, slice of a slice of lime in there? Jazz it yeah, up. a yeah. little li- lime wedge or a little splash of cranberry juice, something like that. But that's right. that's, that's a go to one for me. That is, I think it's a classic. I like that. Yeah. So, second question: What takes up too much of your time? Um, poor multitasking. Oh. So. <laughs> flipping between flipping between yeah. you know in, in last week's episode you know my friend emily told me it's called rapid switching and we do it really badly <laughs> like mm-hmm. we switch from thing to thing because we don't really multitask and she's so right and i am probably terrible at that if i see something new and shiny in one area i'm like oh let me turn over there and do that so i'll just switch yeah. between all the things all the time and that's so silly dedicate to i need to dedicate dedicate time and do better at that i like that yeah it's probably the same for me uh, third question, what age do you wish you could permanently be? Oh, I really have enjoyed 40. Really? I will say that's, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not sure I'm liking the next part after that 40, but I, <laughs> there is things that happen at 40 that are great. I mean, you just kind of know yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I get to hang out with my best friend every day. So that's really cool. My mm-hmm. friends are like my real, real friends, you know, just mm-hmm. they're the, best humans in the world and you kind of get you you kind of feel a little bit of freedom i think to get rid of the the things that drove you crazy making sure yeah you get you get your priorities sure in check. Like surrounding yourself <laughs> yeah with people you really care about and i feel like kind of 40 has done that like i've just the, the friend group is strong the husband yeah. is great it's just that part of my life i just feel really blessed with and um you know yeah i wish my thighs didn't touch as much and all those other things but the, the things that really matter have been really good um like, Do you know what? In i'm so glad you said things. that i'm so glad you said that yeah because i would have thought that most <laughs> people have said oh 21 because it sounds so great but actually I hear fantastic things about 40 I'm a little while off yeah, that but on. you know I just think that women are like fine wine we just get better with age so I love that answer I love yeah. that answer yeah fourth yeah. question what is worth spending the money on to get the very best Oh, I think shoes because I'm very hard on shoes. Mm-hmm. So I always want to have shoes that are can withstand and then that that um and I also spend a lot on the cobblers that mm-hmm. fix my shoes. Mm-hmm. So just because I, that, one if your feet are jacked up, you're really unco- the whole body is jacked up and you're uncomfortable. <laughs> so to me sho- <laughs> shoes are are just really important and I and I like pretty nice shoes but then also just just because you need a great pair it'll otherwise everything else is off so that i, got, I like shoes what, yeah what about you on that one you have to answer that one back i was Give gonna say something really boring like food like um, I, I, oh another thing's like health healthcare, right that's like, it like oh god when i heard your answer i was like oh yeah probably <laughs> something like shoes or bags but actually it's probably going to be food and pajamas there I said oh it. that's a good one <laughs> well you know I, you know you say that okay I'm going to give another answer which is su- such a cheat but like expensive beauty products oh there is some gosh, that is the answer, really good ones really? I'm not saying mm. I'm, I'm not really saying 
I'm not really saying expensive is the right word, but just you really want high quality yep. beauty products because mm-hmm. that is just one of those things that no, will matter. Definitely. <laughs> time. Yeah, I agree. And the last question, Chandler or Ross from Friends? Wait, what? Chandler, Ross, okay, Ross I or Chandler? Friends. What? <laughs> Am I not American right now? No, honestly, you're not. You're absolutely not. I need to see a passport, some form of identification. You cannot be American right now if you did not watch Friends. This is is absolutely diabolical. I didn't. I watched The X-Files. Does that count? Mulder. No, it doesn't. (laughs) No, it doesn't. (laughs) Well, who do you pick? Who's your who is your friends? Guy Ross. Chandler Ross. with his other one? It's it got to be Ross. Ross. He's so funny. It's got to so be funny. It's got to be Ross. <laughs> and I have it like I'm whenever sorry, you I'm ask somebody this question, it's you everybody says Chandler. Everybody says Chandler, but it's not. It's Ross. And they don't like Ross because he used to say we were on a break that bit. So no, but it's Ross. He's hilarious. <laughs> He's hilarious. It's Ross. I can't okay, believe you well, didn't, you didn't watch it. What happened? Questions. Can you start watching it now? I, like, I, I no, feel like you should just. I don't really <laughs> watch TV. I told you I only I watch like a, I watch some reality TV, like home improvement shows, and then I watch sports, so which makes me really weird. You could I don't you know. And Project just Runway, crack open the the Friends box set. Just to, okay, I will. You know, <laughs> just to know who Chandler and Ross yes, are. Yes, really. yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just really questioning no. your <laughs> <laughs> my American heritage. Yes. I think that's right. That's yeah. it. <laughs> uh, I, I like think your I was in law school during a good chunk of that. Oh though. no, then so I you feel like that's definitely what... have an excuse for not watching. Yeah, you I didn't feel have time like for that. It was painful then. Yeah. Okay, so you, I'm, I'm starting yours off, and this one is based on a prior comment that you made so mm-hmm. you said you wouldn't leave the house without wearing under eye concealer because <laughs> yes. you're a mom what's your favorite brand of under eye concealer i've got two currently one is the bobby okay. brown full concealer it's a stick um it's okay. quite a thick consistency i really like it um and then the second one is nars is it complete concealer <gasps> which literally covers anything covers anything like right but that one you can use all over whereas i feel like the bobby brown one because of the consistency is maybe i don't know i i do use it i use it sort of to highlight because of the color but yeah those are the two my two concealers they're great i love it um so food wise Mm -hmm. what's your like guilty pleasure oh sugar so sweets sweets any any particular brand of sweet like like no, anything. So, you know, when you go to the cinema and you have like the pick and mix, I, w- yes. I have been known to drive there just to get the pick and mix. Now that now the pick and mix is everywhere, like just in the supermarket, I don't need to drive to the cinema just to get it. But, <laughs> yeah, I used to go to the drive through just to get a McDonald's Coke and I'll just have sweet. It's terrible. I'm absolutely addicted to sugar. I, I gave it up oh. for Lent last year. But yes, it's my guilty pleasure. I'm much better at it now. But yeah, sweets. Sweeties. There you go. Good. <laughs> All right, so hard mattress, soft mattress, or in between? I think it's got to be in between. Um, yeah, I I do. I, it will probably be more firm than soft, but I'm probably an in betweener. So, okay, this one now you made me think of this because you said you went to the movies just for this. What is your favorite movie? Like, what's the favorite movie of Kieran of all time? 
Oh, see, I've got a few. I'm not a movie person. So there's probably two. I really like Demolition Man. I don't know why. It just reminds okay. me of being a kid. I used to watch it with my dad. Um, not not too young. Oh, nice. But, um, and um, Snatch. I quite like funny, like, East End gangster films. They're really funny. They make- okay, and then this is my uh, last one for you, but it is somewhat on topic. Mm-hmm. Um, worst interview question ever. Worst interview question that I've been asked. That, that you've I've been asked. asked. Oh. Or you can say the one that you've heard, but but the one the one that at least stumped you. Oh, here we are. Here like, we oh. go. Okay. How would you explain a contract to an alien? <gasps> How? <laughs> no, honestly. And actually, listen to this. It was such a terrible question that I now use it in interviews. I now ask people that question because I think I had to answer it. So now you can answer it. And actually, when you put your mind to it, it can tell you quite a lot about somebody. But I was panicking. I I could, you know, when somebody asks you something, I could literally feel the beads of sweat just like (laughs) forming. I I got the job. I did actually get the job. But it's a terrible question. It's terrible, isn't it? It's terrible. It is terrible, but that's a good one. I mean, well, just even if the question is like, how do you respond under pressure? That's a great one, right? Yeah. To, to For something like that. But, I may take the alien question on myself now. Yeah, take it on. Then I, yeah, I love it. I love it. That's a great one. That, And I feel like that's the perfect one to end our Fast Five on. So it is. there you go. Thank you very much for Cheers. listening, guys. This episode is generously sponsored by Blonde Biscotti Coffee and Biscotti Bar in the heart of Houston, Texas. They are proud to serve third wave coffee and soft baked biscotti, blondebiscotti.com. Thank you again for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to click the subscribe button on iTunes so you never miss a show. And we want to hear from you, so please feel free to send us your questions and comments to notwonderwomanpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us at our website, notwonderwoman.com.